Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number one of the program. And you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the website are completely free, so do enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. So to start things out here tonight, there are two major Supreme Court-related cases. And uh, one of them is a little bit of good news. The other one is maybe a little more than a bit of bad news. So I know, Mark, you like the good news first. So, Gardner, uh, go ahead and fill us in <laughs> on what happened in the Supreme Court in regards to, I believe, McCain-Feingold. Which That's is, right. Which is legislation that was passed, I think, a couple years ago now. Yes, that remember, yeah. more, amongst other campaign restrictions, included restrictions that said that certain groups could not purchase advertising right. within, uh, what was it, 60 or 90 days or something like that you of the it. election. So pretty much if you didn't do your advertising six months out, uh, you couldn't do it two months out or one month out or anything yeah, like that. 60 days versus uh, 60 days and 90 days, general uh, general election and primaries, that which, sort of thing. Which, of course, everybody knows that that's the hot time to advertise. Sure. Right. I mean, right. that's, that's how advertising works. you got to get at people the top of people's minds. You have to have your issue top of mind. And uh, if if not, then they're not going to be thinking about it at election time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it all stems actually, uh, should get a little background on this, it all stems from a 1970s ruling called Buckley v. Vallejo. That was Bill Buckley's brother who was running for Senate in New York. And uh, Buckley's brother... Um, they had they had placed some restrictions after the Nixon problems. They placed some restrictions. Congress had uh, placed restrictions on uh, how much money could be given to certain candidates and spent in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And so the Supreme Court ruled that private donations to campaigns could not be regulated because th- that had to do with individual free speech. Okay. And also they must pri- have overturned that. Right. Well, sort of. Uh, private expenditures could not be uh, could not be restricted either. So if you were, for example, Ross Perot or Steve Forbes or someone like that, and you were self-funding your campaign, uh, you could not be stopped because you were an individual. But if you were getting money from a group, say a political party or from a corporation or mm-hmm. from a, a, a think tank or, or a you know, private interest organization, you could be restricted. So the McCain-Feingold bill, and they put they put placements, they put restrictions on on uh, how much uh, corporations could donate and things like that. So the McCain-Feingold bill, what they did was they came out with all these restrictions on when you could advertise and what you could say in the advertisements. And McCain actually said on Meet the Press in 1997 when he was pushing this bill, he said to Tim Russert that to engage in criticism of him could be considered part of a political campaign and be subject to FEC, Federal Election Commission, regulation. Wow. And so, and I just, I I was stunned. I wrote that down. They passed the bill a few years later during the 2000s, and and it became law. There have been numerous challenges. Today, it was a a pretty big deal because it was one of these nonprofit organizations which had brought uh, advertisements on naming particular individuals and criticizing their policies 60 days before an election, within the 60-day time period. Now, hold on a second. Was it um, 
I don't remember exactly uh, correctly on the details of this, but mm-hmm. did McCain find gold essentially make it so you couldn't criticize incumbents 60 days out, or was it anybody in the election? You couldn't criticize anybody in, okay. in an election. Yep. Uh, the, the, the deal was that uh, you couldn't criticize somebody um, uh, 90 days before a general election and 60 days before primary. And that's the way they did it. You couldn't name names. You couldn't spend money. You couldn't speak yeah. in, in the media. So uh, here is the, the ruling that came down today is, is uh, kind of interesting. Uh, the Associated Press uh, wrote about it. It says the Supreme Court loosened restrictions Monday on corporate and union-funded television ads that air close to elections, weakening a key provision of a landmark campaign finance law. Now, uh, just to give you another little background, this whole thing started, as many federal laws do, in a completely different way. It started after Al Gore was making those phone calls from the White House using a White House credit card in hmm. 1996 or I don't something remember like this that. In particular, yeah, okay. Al-, Al Gore, uh, and he actually he actually admitted to it. It is it is a felony. And he could have been charged, but he said there was no no controlling legal authority. In other words, nobody had ever been prosecuted on this, and they decided not to prosecute him. They were investigating the selling of the Lincoln bedroom, the Air Force One thing, and one things, and all those mm-hmm. things. And then that morphed into campaign finance reform. And John McCain and Russ Feingold took it over. And then on the congressional side, it was um, Chris Shays and Marty Meehan from Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Massachusetts, respectively. So this thing passed. I think it was uh, 2002. Or it might have been 2001. Um, and Here's what happened today. The court split in a 5-4 to four decision. They upheld an appeals court ruling in favor of this organization, Wisconsin Life, uh, Right to Life. It's um, a group that uh, they said should have been allowed to air ads during the final two months before the 2004 elections. The law unreasonably limits speech, they said, and violates the group's First Amendment I rights. I love the presumption there that there is a reasonable limit to speech. Yeah, well, <laughs> interesting because... On the other side of it, you've got the other story where they say, oh, yeah, there are reasonable limits to speech, yep, and, yeah, and we we'll think this is perfectly reasonable. So anyway, uh, it says um, it says the case involved advertise- advertisements that Wisconsin Right to Life uh, was prevented from broadcasting. The ads asked voters to contact the state's two senators, Democrats Russ Feingold and Herb Cole, and urged them not to filibuster President Bush's judicial nominees. Feingold, a co-author of the campaign finance law, was up for re-election in 2004. Gee, I wonder who might have complained to the FEC. The provision in question was aimed at preventing the airing of issue ads that cast candidates in positive or negative lights while stopping short of explicitly calling for their election or defeat. Sponsors of such ads have contended that they are exempt from certain limits on contributions in federal elections. Hmm. Chief Justice John Roberts, joined by his conservative allies, wrote a majority opinion upholding the court's uh, the appeals court ruling, the majority itself was divided in how far justices were willing to go in allowing issue ads. This is the interesting thing. Three of the majority, Kennedy, Scalia, and Thomas, would have overruled the court's 2003 decision upholding the constitutionality of the provision. So basically what it says is it allows for issue ads. It says that... Um, it says the, the, the constitutionality of the provision itself, of the McCain-Feingold thing, they would have struck down entirely, it looks like, Kennedy, Alito, and Scalia. They would have knocked down all of it. But it also looks like Roberts and uh, Sam Alito said that the Wisconsin group's ad are, ads are not the equivalent of explicit campaign ads and are not covered by the court's 2003 decision. Now, um, I know that McCain-Feingold in some way limited 
third party uh, third parties from running or something like that. Mm-hmm. Does this have anything to do with that? Uh, no, not really. Uh, it, the, basically, all this is is the type of ad if you can do an issue ad or not do an issue ad, and. Are issue ads allowed under McCain-Feingold, and was this an issue ad? Okay. And these guys upheld, yeah, it's an issue ad. They can do it. They weren't naming people explicitly to call for their defeat or their or their success. They can talk about the issues. They're upset about the issues, and that's allowed within So is this. it still restricted then for, uh, say, Free Talk Live to buy an advertisement that says, and do not critical. reelect so-and-so? Yes, it is. It is still restricted. So really, this is even just just a tiny baby step it's, back it's, in the right direction. Yeah, it's then. it's a fold within the whole within the whole thing. That's all it is. That's so, unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very disappointing. So in that case, I would say it's more than balanced out um, by this other decision that they made today. Oh the, yes, the other one is is truly something else. This one's um, outrageous. Yeah. Uh, this one is from the AFP. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled today in favor of a school that suspended a student for brandishing a banner proclaiming bong hits for Jesus in one of the more bizarre recent free speech cases. The high school uh, pupil Joseph Frederick had argued that the school principal had infringed his constitutional right to free speech by suspending him in January 2002 over his apparently pro-cannabis message. Now, if you recall, we certainly discussed free speech in government school often enough on this show, and when I was in government school, it was made very clear to me that there was no such thing as free speech on government school campus. So you would you would think, okay, well, was this gentleman, this young man, actually on school campus at the time? Turns out he was not. So now apparently the free speech controls of the school campus have been widened somewhat. The only question is, how wide are they? This article doesn't make it clear. We'll tell you more about the story on the way. You can take control as well at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features on our site are totally free, so you can enjoy those on us. Some of those features include the archives, an entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. So enjoy those on us. FreeTalkLive.com. Pop quiz. What do Washington politics and libertarianism have in common? Very little. The Prometheus Institute at ReadPI.com is looking to make a real impact in Washington, not in 40 years, but right now. To find out what makes the Prometheus Institute different from all the, the all of the other flatwater political think tanks, visit ReadPI.com. That's ReadPI.com. As we continue discussing a couple of the Supreme Court decisions that came out today, I know of only two of them. I don't know if there were more than that. Hey, Ian, I wanted to mention before we move on to this yeah. bong hits for Jesus thing, you know, this McCain-Feingold ruling that came out, it's the tiniest little plus for some of these uh, some of these issue groups. And this Wisconsin right to, right to Life group has a lower court ruling upheld for them. That said, oh, yeah, you know, you're doing issue ads. You're not saying explicitly whether somebody should be voted down or, or, or voted in uh, and within the parameters of the law. And that's all they did was vote within the parameters of the law. You should be allowed to do it. You know what John McCain said? He he says, well, that's that's regrettable. Yeah, that's oh, re- regrettable that yeah. they can speak a little bit freer. That, yeah, they, 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 you, of, of all things that they can talk about an issue before an election. Well, people like John McCain and all the people that uh, want to reform campaigns in a more uh, controlling manner, 
they always use the excuse of there's too much money in in politics. We got to take the money out of politics. And as though you know the uh, the running, it, it, what they're trying to do is take the money out of running for office. It's yeah. not like they're taking the money out of uh, the lobbyists' hands. Lobbyists can do what they want, buy the politicians they want, and get away with it. Sure. Whether um, you know these th- these guys are largely unmonitored. They only get caught at the the hugest slip up when we're talking about millions and millions of dollars. And even though these laws weren't written specifically, maybe what I was thinking earlier when I asked you about the incumbents, even though the laws weren't writ- written specifically to target those who are challenging the incumbents, you got it. it does effectively pan out that way Absolutely. because incumbents have certain benefits that the non- that the uh, the challengers don't have. Incumbents, yeah. for instance, can send mail for free. Yep. And that's that's Huge. It's direct mail, uh, direct, direct mail, mail is so expensive. The postage is just, mm-hmm. of course, it keeps going up and up and up. Uh, but, I mean, the printing's one thing. The postage is a complete other thing. And so these guys can literally send out as much propaganda to support their campaign as they want to. All the while, the other, uh, the challengers who might say to themselves, okay, well, direct mail, not worth it. Let's go television. People watch television. Let's get some ads on there. You know, it's, it's a much more effective medium. Sure. You can you can really um, play with people's emotions. Real Spectrum will get everybody out there. Right. Yeah. So so now they've effectively limited the types of advertising that can go on television. Yeah. They haven't ad- limited the advertising in direct mail. That's because they it's their game. Their and the ball politicians, game. the politicians can call news conferences, and there's sure. no problem that the news media will show up. And if these people want to get on the radio, hey, sometimes if uh, if somebody is not in office, they're going to have a harder time getting on, say, a political talk show or anything like that because. The, the, the people who host it might not be interested, but heck, if somebody has a news conference and they're bringing back pork to a particular constituency, mm-hmm. there'll be photo ops and all sorts of things. They have all the propaganda tools in their hands. So basically, that's what they're doing. They're sort of slowly whittling away at freedom of speech yeah. in regards to elections, and it's really only affecting the challengers. You know, the, these guys aren't really being, the, the incumbents are not being affected. Absolutely right. This Wisconsin right to life thing, these people can be very happy that they were able to get this done within the con confines of basically being indentured servants in the United States and not being able to speak. Uh, they can they can sort of mumble through the gag. And two things that really annoy me about this, when McCain was first running in the Republican primary, I went down to our school in Amherst, and there was some pinhead standing there with a McCain sign. So I challenged this woman. I was like, well, look, if you're there supporting this guy, you can obviously defend his McCain-Feingold campaign finance bill. And she's like, eh, eh. I was like, let me ask you a question. How do you think Thomas Paine's common sense could have been written and disseminated if the campaign finance laws that John McCain has put forward existed back in the late 1700s? There's no possible way because they had to spend money on getting it written. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paine was paid for it by a doctor. Then they had to print it. Then they had to disseminate it, and it went into a second printing. That document, that formative document in American history, would not exist if John McCain had lived back then. Hmm. There's or it no would have been underground. Yeah, and then I met John McCain in 1999 at this guy's house, uh, one of our state representatives, and it's really hot in there. He finishes talking. They're asking questions, so I raised my hand. I got the first question. I said, Senator McCain, you've said... You won't me- do that again. Right. Oh, they, yeah. They, they regretted it, um, asking you to speak. Oh, it was, <laughs> it was funny. I don't think he expected what I was going to ask. I said, Senator McCain... Uh, you've been quoted as saying that to engage in criticism of you could be considered to be uh, uh, part of a, a campaign. 
and could be subject to FEC regulation. And he tried to stop me. Right. And he says, well, I, yeah, I didn't, I never, and I was like, well, you said that in August <laughs> of 1997 on Meet the Press. You know, I had him quoted because I, I had written about it and, and I, they've I took been, it down. they've been talking about since then regulating blogs. It, oh, yeah. On that, using that same excuse that, oh, if a blog goes on uh, the Internet and criticizes one candidate, that's an in-kind contribution, and it's worth X amount of dollars, and it must be reported, and et cetera, they, et cetera. They look at it totally top-down. This guy has the audacity to try to lie to me in front of, like, 100 people in this room where it's, like, 90-something degrees in August of 96 or something like that. I can't remember, July. And he goes, well, I didn't. I said, yeah, you said this in August of 97. He goes, oh, well, uh, well the bill has changed since then. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you give should me a read break. It. it hasn't substantially changed at all. You know, it it, it might have. It, we st- changed an and to a the. What a jerk. Or you know? an or. Oh, and then later we sort of pass by each other, and and you know we're sort of like forced to shake hands with each other. And he has the gall to say to me, uh, yeah, you know, we really should have more people like you at these things. I'm like, dude, if we had more people like me at these things, you'd be flipping burgers at a burger joint in Arizona in a rest home. Yes. Go away. Mm-hmm. Did you actually say that to him? No, but I wish I. That would have been awesome. What yeah. 800-259-9231. been kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the other story from the Supreme Court. Joseph Frederick had argued that the school principal had infringed his constitutional right to free speech at his school in Alaska by suspending him in January of 2002 over his apparently pro-cannabis message, which was, bong hits for Jesus. He had a, a banner, and he was holding it outside of his school. Uh, we'll continue this here. In a three, excuse me, a five to three decision, the Supreme Court found that schools, quote, may take steps to safeguard those entrusted to their care from speech that can reasonably regarded, be regarded as encouraging illegal drug use. Quote, we conclude that the school officials in this case did not violate the First Amendment by confiscating the pro-drug banner and suspending the student responsible for it. The uh, the ruling written by Chief uh, Justice John Roberts said, Frederick was 18 when he displayed his huge banner just outside of school grounds, and I think that's the most important part in this case, at Juneau, Alaska, in front of television cameras as the Olympic flame passed in front of a crowd. Principal Deborah Morse was not amused by Frederick's linkage between Jesus and a bong. I'm pretty sure she would have been amused if it had just been a bong banner and didn't involve Jesus. But nonetheless, uh, a, uh, she took away the banner and suspended Frederick from school for ten days. This woman ten crossed days. the street. She was on the school property. He was not. She crossed the street, snatched the banner, his private property, from his hand... And then proceeded to go back onto school grounds. And the Supreme Court is now backing up the school. This guy was not even on school property. More on the way. You can take control. We'll talk about how this is uh, going to destroy even more of your property rights. And, of course, your free speech. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want toll-free. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. 
It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. The wiki's there, over 1,350 pages, created by listeners just like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. Wiki.freetalklive.com. Like everything else on our site, it's totally free. Opportunistic lawyers, judges, future ex-spouses, disgruntled ex-employees, and meddling bureaucrats. These people want your money, home, and car. What have you done to protect yourself? At keepyourassets.net, they're experts in sheltering your wealth. Go to keepyourassets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. They'll show you how to keep your assets. That's keepyourassets.net. Now, I actually did a little bit of uh, looking during the break, and I found a more detailed article on this Bong Hits for Jesus story, because the other one was really just a quickie. um, And I wanted to get some more quotes from some of the judges in this case. By the way, the other article said it was a 5-3 to ruling. This one claims it was a 5-4 to ruling against free speech. And I would also argue against private property rights, though I guess the issue was a speech issue in in front of the court. Yeah, maybe but, one of the justices was stoned, you know? Who knows? I don't know. I mean, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was caught sleeping on the job, so you never know, man. Here's what happened, though. The, uh, the Supreme Court has slapped down, as the article puts it, a high school student's bong hits for Jesus banner, uh, saying that it that uh, they they can absolutely restrict uh, free speech when the message seems to advocate illegal drug use. And it doesn't really necessarily say that uh, there's a certain... Like a, a certain zone. You know how, for instance, when you go into the area of a school, you might see a sign that says drug-free school zone? Like, they have these thousand-foot radiuses yeah. that surround yeah. schools and yeah. parks and certain areas, or churches, for instance... So I don't think they really bring that into the case here. They just make the statement that if your speech is advocating illegal drug use, then bureaucrats have the ability to shut it down. Chief Justice John Roberts said, quote, The message on Frederick's banner is cryptic. This, again, the young man, 18-year-old, who unfurled a large banner that said, Bong hits for Jesus, across the street from his school. But the school principal who suspended him, quote, thought the banner would be interpreted by those viewing it as promoting illegal drug use, and that interpretation is plainly a reasonable one, said Roberts in the majority opinion. In a concurrence, two justices said the court's opinion goes no further than speech interpreted as dealing with illegal drug use. Quote, it provides no support for any restriction that goes to political or social issues, they said. So their rationale is, well, because drugs are illegal and, um, and, well, because drugs are illegal, we have the ability to restrict speech in support of drug use. Because that's criminality. Actually questioning whether it should be legal or illegal is irrelevant. It's criminal, that's it, and so you can stop that sort of speech. That's what they're saying, and uh, so they're, they're trying to make themselves sound better by saying, oh, no, don't <laughs> worry, we haven't touched any of the rest of the speech yet. You know, they haven't gotten to any of the other stuff yet, and this is, you know, this is classic Pastor Martin Niemöller here. You know, yeah, first they yeah. came for the communists. I wasn't a communist, so I didn't speak up. Then they came for the trade unionists. I wasn't a trade unionist. In this case, they're coming for those who would advocate the usage of illegal drugs. Absolutely. Right. Which is, um, you can make the comparison in this particular case to somebody who might advocate the use of illegal drugs to the McCain-Feingold ruling they just made and decided that, in fact, uh, people that wanted to advertise certain issues before an, a campaign, it was illegal up until you know they just uh, knocked that down. What if I spoke out against the McCain uh, Feingold bill? Mm. I, you know they could, I, I could be in trouble legally. Students in public schools don't have the same rights as adults. 
say they, but neither do they leave their constitutional protections at the schoolhouse gate. Oh, excuse me, that's what the court said in a speech rights ruling from the Vietnam era. The court has... My, how things have changed. The court has limited what students can do in subsequent cases, saying they may not be disruptive or lewd or interfere with the school's basic educational mission. So, now, are they saying that students cannot say these things, or that everyone cannot say these things? I'm a little unclear on this. Frederick said his banner was a nonsensical message that he first saw on a snowboard. He intended it to proclaim his right to say anything at all. He displayed his handiwork on a winter morning as the Olympic torch made its, th- uh, made its way through Juneau, Alaska. Um, and school principal Deborah Moore said the phrase was a f- pro-drug message. He denied he was advocating drug use and brought the lawsuit. Former independent counsel Ken Starr, whose law firm represented the school principal, called it a narrow ruling that should not be read more broadly. Taking issue with that, Stephen Shapiro, national legal director of the ACLU, said, quote, it's difficult to know what its impact will be in other cases involving unpopular speech. The Students for Sensible Drug Policy said it was sad that the court thought there should be a drug exception to the First Amendment. In their concurrence, <laughs> yeah. Alito and Kennedy said that the decision, quote, goes no further than to hold that a public school may restrict speech that a reasonable observer would interpret as advocating illegal drug use. Okay, so that's the, that's the definition of the ruling, that a public school may restrict speech that a reasonable observer would interpret as advocating illegal drug use. But it very clearly, the story very clearly has pointed out that this young man was not on public school property. So then the question becomes, does the public school have the ability to restrict the speech of its students regardless of their location? Or is it only when it's just across the street from the school? Or is it a thousand feet away from the school? Is it five miles from the school? How far does this um, broad-reaching decision go? It just says that um, uh, free speech that affects its students. What if I want to say these things? It yeah. affects the students. And, Good and, point. You know the the verbiage of this that it's so blurry. There's there's such there's no fine line anywhere here drawn in the sand. What do they mean by all that? And, and as you said, Ian, where does it stop? What kind of speech is bad? Is this the kind of speech that's bad, or is it another kind of speech that could be uh, uh, you know somehow tied in? What if there's something else that happens to be out there that seems to be something that could be interpreted as being pro-drug. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just incredible. It's amazing. Nor does it address political or social issues such as the wisdom of the war on drugs or of legalizing marijuana for medicinal use, say uh, some of the judges' dissenters. Uh, the dissenters. Stephen said the First Amendment protects student speech if the message itself neither violates a permissible rule nor expressly advocates conduct that is illegal and harmful to students. He says this nonsense banner does neither. Justice Stephen Breyer said the court should not have decided the First Amendment issue, but simply should have held that Frederick's claim for monetary damages because school officials had qualified immunity in carrying out their duties. Frederick who's now 23, said he later had to drop out of college after his father lost his job. The elder Frederick, who worked for a company that insures the Juno schools, was fired in connection with his son's legal fight. So because his wow. son took this to court, dad got canned. A uh, jury recently awarded him in a, uh, his dad some money in a lawsuit. So this really doesn't go into the detail that I would like to know. And, and now we may end up discovering uh, how really how far some of these bureaucrats will interpret this. Because if the decision says that public schools may restrict speech that a reasonable observer would interpret as advocating illegal drug use, then that seems pretty wide-cutting to me. That sounds... How it can... For instance, if I get on the airwaves and say, kids, you should smoke marijuana, then how is the public school going to come and restrict my speech? 
How is it going to do that? Absolutely. What if this kid were to join in some public forum somewhere talking about drugs off school grounds, Mm -hmm. or he called into a talk radio show, happened to give his first name, and they recognized who it was? Are they going to infringe on this guy's life that far, invade it that far, and say, oh, I'm sorry? This could have, as the court says, have some influence, some sort of influence, is all the court says it has to have, some sort of influence on on the school policy, anti-drug policy. It's incredible. Where, where do you who draw the line? That's so amorphous. Right. Will, uh, will the, in this case, it was the principal who crossed the street, grabbed his banner, his and went back, which, of course, also you know, says that in the process of enforcing the freedom of speech, you'll be able to confiscate property. I mean, that's, that's the, the unspoken part of this case, because they're backing up the principal's actions in the case, so therefore they are backing up theft, and they are backing up the, uh, the destruction of freedom of speech. And so, in that case, will the school principal be knocking, uh, the Keene School District uh, superintendent be knocking on my door, demanding all of my radio equipment, because I just advocated the kids should smoke marijuana? Now, I don't really think that's the case, but I I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Unbelievable. And you know, you know, there are a couple details about this. There's, there's the principle you're talking about of government in the abstract going in, t- taking down this kid's private property when he's not even on government property. And then you've got the constitutional aspect of it, which for some crazy reason, the members of the Supreme Court haven't even paid attention to that, which well, is that it's not drugs, a federal issue. Evil. Drugs are it's bad. It's a state drugs. issue. We need to protect kids from drugs. People talking about them now. Oh. Not just protect them from the drugs, but people talking about it. 800-259-9231 Your thoughts on this case And you can bring up whatever you want 1-800-259-9231 This is Free Talk Live This is Free Talk Live It's your show and you can bring up whatever you want Toll free at 1-800-259-9231 The SACL CAI toll free line for you That's 800-259-9231 Ian here with you And guard And Mark You can join us online Freetalklive.com All the features for free that we do ask That you voluntarily support the show By buying some stuff at Amazon.freetalklive.com When you shop through that link Freetalklive benefits That's right We get a percentage of your purchase The prices are the same as if you entered through their front door You're just coming through a secret Free Talk Live entrance That allows you to buy all the same products at all the same prices, get the free Super Saver shipping deals, and everything you normally get from uh, from Amazon is just that they cut us a percentage for sending them the business. So head in through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, get all your shopping done in their 41 categories of products. Huge selection. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. We've got to go to the phones. You can bring up anything. Let's talk to George in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live, George. How you doing? Great. What's on your mind? Yeah, you know, you mentioned about John McCain. That guy is the postage boy. Why we need to get rid of the Seventeenth Amendment? What's the Seventeenth Amendment? All right, it talks about like um, having U.S. senators elected by popular vote. Yeah. When the original intent of our founders is to have the state legislatures appoint the two U.S. senators to go to Washington. Yeah, George, that was the one of the stepping points down in the United States history, right there. I mean, because if we repealed that amendment, that'd be campaign finance reform and. On itself. Now, how would you explain that to somebody who's just coming across this idea for the first time? To right, it's not exactly who, an easy one. Right, to someone who says, well, that sounds pretty foreign. Why shouldn't I be able to vote for, for the senator that represents me? How would you explain why that's beneficial to uh, people in the United States? Well, because um, the state legislature is the uh, government that's closest to us. And if they select an idiot, we'll vote the idiot out of office. I mean, our state legislature, everything's geared towards people 
the government government being closest to the people. Uh-huh. U.S. senators are not are very distant. It's well, like having a super congressman. It was also it was also supposed to be that the senators were supposed to represent the states' interests, the the various states themselves as as uh, as entities, as abstract entities, and then the legislature, the House of Representatives, was supposed to be closest to the people. And when they made the uh, United States senators uh, voted in by popular vote, uh, essentially the same way as the House of Representatives was. Uh, that removed, in many people's eyes, I don't know, it, it's a debatable now. You can come up with a lot of examples, I think, where you can say, you know, it probably wouldn't make much difference. But um, a lot of people hold that that removed that layer of interest for the states themselves, where the state legislators would be voting, and those state legislators would be the ones who would be hearing from their constituents locally. So instead and- of maybe representing state interests, now they're more interested in protecting their federal government power, maybe? Uh, it's it's likely, yeah. I, I don't know how I you mean, feel about that, George, but yeah. Well, you have like the War Powers Act, uh, oh, you yeah. know, the National Security Act, uh, the Federal Reserve Act, uh, you know, uh, FDR's New Deal. You know, like I say if that 17 memo wasn't in place. The states could have kept FDR in check. You know, that's a very interesting point. If you had state legislators and they knew that there was a bill that would have infringed on the real meaning of the First Amendment, which is that Congress shall make no law infringing on the first uh, infringing on the freedom of speech or of religion and we know that states had speech and religion laws for a long time now i'm not in favor of state of uh, state re- speech or religion laws mm-hmm. but if we are supposed to be operating under this constitution as it is written supposedly that's what all the politicians tell us then at least we could have it that they don't have the federal government making religion laws or speech laws or anything like that. But they do that all the time, and the Supreme Court ruling on the bong hits for Jesus is a perfect example of it. They didn't cite the localities interest in any of this stuff or, or a state law. It was, well, these drugs are federally illegal. Maybe if we didn't have that 17th Amendment in there, maybe the states would have stood up for their right to be able to do some of those federalist things that the founders had always said were so important. So would you say, George, that these, the position of U.S. senator became more powerful after the 17th Amendment? Uh, yes, more of a powerful and more of a joke at the same time. Uh, but, you know, also, too, it's like the selection of judges. I mean, you wouldn't have these single-issue judges like, are you for abortion, you against abortion, you for gay marriage, you're against gay marriage, because the states would select the judges based on, would you look out for the state's interest hmm. in the Constitution? Interesting points, George. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you bringing that up. 800-259-9231. Can't say I'm an expert on the uh, 17th Amendment. I can't say I am either, but I, I can say I understand what George was saying. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I wonder what the advantages are. It seems like it, it seems like a good thing to be able to vote on sen- senators just on the surface, but I can't figure out well, why. You know, I'd just rather flush the whole federal government altogether, and then uh-huh. we wouldn't even have to worry about the issue. You got it. Let's go to Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live, Tom. You know what was awesome about the Porcupine Festival? Porcupine Freedom Festival, yeah, where we were broadcasting yeah. from Saturday, yes. Yeah, what was awesome was when I was actually asked to pose for photo opportunities with, by, my, get this, my fans. <laughs> now, yeah, now, anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I think more people were actually voice. talking about Tom being at uh, Porkfest than they were talking about Ian or Mark being at Porkfest. Yeah, people have recognized my voice. Here's a question for you. What is the northernmost county in New Hampshire? Coas. Uh, is it Coas? 
Go ahead, sir. Are they right? Yeah, well, I was trying to trick you. You see, sometimes you get these flatlanders saying Coos County. <laughs> okay, and that, I was testing you people. Okay? Well, Tom, I it's actually do that on purpose just to tick people off sometimes. I just... Anyway, oh, yeah, um, and it's Milan, New Hampshire, not Milan, up there by Gorham. And uh, another thing I wanted to point out, for free staters who are looking for Christian schools, you know, there's one in Milford there called yeah. Light of the World Christian Academy. If you're looking for where you're going to settle in New Hampshire, you know, I mean, this can be a, a very important thing, but they have restrictive uh, admission. As does, if you want to live in a city setting, then there's the Nashua Christian Academy right in downtown Nashua, the big city. So depending on whether you want to live out in the country or in the city. Well, I'm sure all those who are looking for, uh, for, for Christian schools will do a fine job of finding them on their own. But, Tom, any other thoughts? Uh, no, I just want to point those things out. Great. Uh, sorry I missed you over the weekend, and thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from yep. you. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Sam in Texas on the amplifier line. Sam, what's on your mind? Hey, and I think you're being a little silly on this Bond Kids for Jesus case. What do you mean? There's obviously no reason to protest anything illegal because the government only writes good laws, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hey, uh, on my flight home, I'm glad you've got Gardner there. Uh, I, I got to the airport a little bit late, barely made the cutoff, was not able to fly as a selectee home, which I always do. And uh, That's where you don't show identification and they give you the special search. Correct, because right. I had actually passed the 30-minute cutoff. Yeah, you didn't have enough time to screw with them. Got I, it. We talked the agent to let me in, so... Yeah. Anyway, but as I was going through the search, there was a candle in my bag that they mistook for liquid, and the lady needed to do a bag check. She grabbed my bag and said, I'm going to search this bag. And I said, do you mean, may you, may I search this bag? And she said, no, I don't have to ask you. Once you start this process, we can search your bags, and you're not free to leave. You, you, have, you can only go through or deal with us, mm-hmm. basically. Oh, I, I don't think that's so. Um, I was given... Oh, yeah? If you, yeah, you should be able to walk right out. That's, Try it. That's what I would think too, and this is the They'll first keep time your I've bag. heard that. So, Mark, I don't know if if she's being serious about that, but if, if I think she's true, mistaken. I'm, I'm being placed under arrest every time I go through the TSA security. If I'm being held against my will, no, yeah. you're just being detained. Mm. There's okay. nothing like the Fourth Amendment protection against unreasonable searches and seizures, is there? You know, uh, I, I, this is probably going to be selective based on where you are and who controls that particular airport, and you're going to get no addressability if it happens to occur in, let's say, Logan Airport, but doesn't occur in somewhere in South right. Carolina. It's going to be up to them. They'll make up the rules as they play the game, I think. So do you think this is something to test out or just leave alone? Wait, to try to, what, to get your bag in the yes. in the process of being searched and then what? try to leave? Depends Next how you value your bag. as a selectee. I could uh, go through the first checkpoint, and as they start to take my bags away, I can say, stop, I want to leave, please give me my things, and I'm going to go, and just see what happens. I don't know, man. I don't know if it's worth testing out, because the way they're going to look at that is, oh, you're a terrorist who is We are going to search your bag. At the very least, they're going to assume you're a drug dealer. But if I'm if I'm really free to leave, why should that be a problem? I mean, sure, yeah, they you can aren't. be suspicious, but I don't believe I, you are. I, th- I believe what she's saying is the truth that she would call the TSA uh, goons over to stop you from leaving until that bag was searched. They'll search your bag, make sure you don't have a, any bombs or drugs or whatever in there. Then they might give it back. They would definitely detain you. I don't know. I mean, and if you want to give it a try and you end up, just call us before you do it, so, and then call us afterwards so we know you didn't end up in a gulag or something. <laughs> All right, I will. <laughs> Thanks, Tom, and good luck. Appreciate hearing yeah, from you. Tom. Wow. Oh, man. That's interesting.
Yeah, these guys are dangerous, these TSA people. And even if they, even if it's true, even if Tom is right and, and he's calling her bluff, she may still believe that. And if she still believes it, and all the other TSA guys believe that they have the ability to detain you and all they, that. I don't even know if they believe it. It would matter if they believed it or not. They would just back her up simply because that's how these government agencies and do And don't forget, they always have disorderly conduct to throw at you if you, if you get in too much yep, of a hassle. They would do it to you, and then it would be up to you to take them to court on your dime. Good luck. More on the way. Hour 2 is coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll free as we launch into hour number two of the program. The number for you, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so do enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. As we roll into the phone calls, it's Brian on the amplifier line. You're on Free Talk Live, Brian. Hey, guys, how are you doing this evening? Good, sir. Great. What's up? Hey, uh, Ian, uh, your house. I got a hypothetical for you. Okay. Would you indulge me? Which house are we talking about? Uh, your house in Florida. Okay, got it. Uh, I, I, it looks like it's maybe under contract now. Yes, it is under contract. Okay. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. But, but let, let's go back a, a month or two when, uh, you know, you're having a little trouble selling and the market's kind of soft down there. And I was wondering what would happen if... Uh, some guy from the state of Florida calls. Says, Hello, Mr. Bernard. I'm from the state of Florida. Uh, uh, state Parks Division. Uh, mm-hmm. I noticed that your house is a few steps from the beach, as it says in your ad here. Yeah. Well, well we're, we're trying to buy all the houses on your block there and turn it back into a, a natural state park. And I got a check right here for your full amount. Yeah. Will you take it? Well, I mean, it's already under contract, so yeah, it's just, it is now. But I, I in theory, I see, I see. Would I take the money? I, I guess I probably would, because I mean, if they're offering to buy it. It's different than they're t- than them taking it by force, right? Are we are we talking about eminent domain? Or are we but talking about taking, just somebody coming by with an using, offer? They're using my money that they got from. Um, well, if taxes. you must know, if you must know, the guy who's buying the home is getting a VA loan. <laughs> so, it doesn't really matter. It's all very the, difficult. All, to all mortgages are morasses. just tie, tied up in Fannie Mae and and all that other stuff. So the federal government's in every more, um, home. Yeah. So what's it matter if it's one step removed or not? Hey, you know what? The fact is that money's going to my bank account to help pay off my other house, and so uh, that'll only do good things for Free Talk Live. So be, they wouldn't know that they would be funding their own undoing. <laughs> okay, I'm just wondering. There you go. Yeah. Is that all you had, Brian? I, I, had, I had a comment on, on uh, an article you guys read, oh, must be a couple weeks ago now, I'm, I'm a little behind, on the uh, the saggy pants ban. Was okay. it banning saggy pants? Yes. Right. They were, the, it was Small a, town in Louisiana. Right. $500 right. fine. Well, yeah, I, I was thinking um, that this, this kind of ties into the drug war, in that, you know, they... Um, uh, all these uh, zero tolerance, you know, laws and rules and everything. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they're even using the same uh, the same slogans. In this case, it's just say no to crack. Thanks for the call, Brian. <laughs> Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I'm sure somebody's going to call me a hypocrite over my answer to his question. But you know, it, it's it's interesting when you have something like that, Ian. That's maybe a little bit more overt and and on the surface. But as Mark said, it, uh, there are all sorts of uh, moral quandaries. 
and and questions that pop up in all sorts of instances. Right. Uh, another more obvious in, in, in instance was I know a girl who uh, was uh, on disability. And she said, you know, I'm a libertarian. I don't know if I should be doing this. And so some people could rationalize it and say, well, look, you know, you're already getting your tax money taken in this way, this way, this way, and this way. So why not get a little bit of it back because you're not going to get any of it with Social Security and so on and so forth. Yeah, so otherwise it's just going to go to somebody else, right? I mean, if, if I don't take the uh, the opportunity, right. and, it's just going to go yeah. to some well-connected person. But right? then you have the other side of it, which is you could you could probably say in this this or that very obvious instance – um, okay, the state wants to buy me out. I know that that's plundered money. It's very clear. It's very obvious. So in that case, I'm going to protest about it. I'm not going to take it, and I'm going to advertise that fact. It's sort of like people who decide that they're not going to vote. I don't want to vote, or or, or some people, they don't want to fly. I'm never going to fly because of what the TSA does. The federal mm-hmm. government's in, in control of it or whatever. It's like, okay, but you'll drive. Or you'll you know you'll walk on the pavement that's been put together by your government locally. <laughs> yeah. so, How do you get away from it? You yeah, can't. Yeah, it's it's very it's it's weird. So so if you want to call me out on that, I mean you can because I am selling to a guy who is getting a VA loan, right? Be- so it's basically the government's loan department that is enabling me to sell my house sooner than later. Now to be fair, he put in an offer first. And uh, my realtor did have a handful of like one or two other people that were interested in making an offer as well. So who knows? It maybe it wouldn't have turned out that way. Right. But right. And hey, you know, when it comes down to it, how about this? All of us are given certain opportunities or had having opportunities taken away from us because of the Fed's manipulation of the bond bond market and loans. So right now the housing market's doing terribly because Alan Greenspan and and, and his subsequent uh, uh, replacement, yeah, they those guys have been holding interest rates up. My sister hasn't Printing been able to sell and, her house up yeah. in Maine. You know, it's uh, it's it's, it's so we're all being uh, affected in one way or another by by this in the marketplace. So you know, look at it any way you want to. It's tough. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of the airwaves. Let's go to John in Ohio, listening on WAIS. Hey, John. Good morning. A little hard, a little hard to hear you over the telephone. Well, I'm sorry but, to hear uh, that. Uh, we well, you sound fine, John. So what's on your mind? Okay. Yeah, I'm a little confused about uh, the citizens of the United States referring to themselves as Americans. Okay. Now, well. uh, we are Americans, but so are the Canadians, the Uruguayans, the Argentinians, Peruvians. What would Mexico, you prefer to be referred to as? I believe, as? is a double American because it's part of North America as well as Central America. What, uh, what would your preference be, John? Uh, citizen of the United States of America. Now, why on earth would you want to be a United States citizen? Uh, citizen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Serious well, question. Well, I think we can get it back uh, to what it used to be. Uh, you know, with uh, people like you and uh, the other uh, free thinkers. But you know, it just uh, makes how about, me wonder how about why. Sovereign? How about sovereign? I would rather be a sovereign individual than a United States citizen any old day, personally. Well, it's rather hard to do that. How would you do that? Well, you just, you're no longer, you just renounce your citizenship, basically, and you become a sovereign free man, essentially. But when the time comes, you have to, uh, you know, when you're dealing with the authorities, you have to renounce your sovereign, you know, give up your uh, sovereignty and uh, do what uh, No, I land in jail a time or two because I've refused to give in to them. Really? Uh, yeah. Like an officer that wants to search my car? Hell no. Uh, yeah, I want to see you. your fishing license. 
I want to know what you're fishing for, wanting to search my car. Well, that's just it. And that's my objection to the whole citizen concept. If you go and you look up the word citizen, you'll discover that it's, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially it is somebody who has agreed to follow the rules of the government in return for protection. Um, the theory, of course, is that government will protect your life and your liberty. Of course, we know that's not true. They, the irony, of course, is that they protect your, or the paradox, whatever you want to call it, is that they're supposedly protecting your life and liberty by destroying destroying it and uh, infringing on your liberty. Um, so, I no, I don't want to make that agreement. And, in fact, the Supreme Court has said over and over again that the government has no duty to protect citizens. So, therefore, if the government isn't honoring their side of the agreement, which, of course, I never actually had the ability to agree to in the first place, but in theory, at least, if the government isn't honoring their side of the agreement, how could the agreement even exist? How could there even be a citizen if the government side of the equation is null and void? So, really, to me, it doesn't even seem like there is such a thing as a citizen. It just seems like we've all been duped, John. Well, I, I could agree with that. Thank you That's for the not call. A big stretch. Appreciate hearing from you. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's continue and go to Matt in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live, Matt. How you doing? What's on your mind? Hey Gardner, this is uh, Matthew uh, Crimson King. Hey Matt, hey, I was just I was just telling these guys when I walked in, guys, I was just listening to King Crimson, Court of the Crimson King. It was great <laughs> to meet you at the uh, at Porkfest on the, yeah, the three hours I get there. to stop by. What's that? I said it's great to meet all of you there. Yeah, yes, yeah. Sir, I yes, hope sir. you'll you'll come up soon out there in Western Mass. Come on up to New Hampshire soon, my man. Absolutely. Um, anyway, the, what I was calling about is the show us the law movement. That Ed and Elaine Brown are kind of—I guess—they're part of that mm-hmm. that movement. Um, anyway, there's—they keep saying "show us the law," and they're claiming there is no law in the books. And uh, Mr. Harry Brown actually covered this issue on one of his shows a while back and posted in the Internal Revenue Code citations uh, where the law is that uh, it makes people who are non-corporations liable to pay taxes. Okay. And uh, I posted that on your message board, by the way, uh, under Show Me the Law. Yeah, I think the Show Me the Law thing is pretty weak. Um, let's well, talk well about... yeah, it is, but I'm just saying, you know, here's the law, so there you go. Right. Let's yeah. talk what about right and wrong. How about Show Me the Obligation? How about that the one? The moral obligation. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Thanks for the call. Right, Appreciate John, it. Man. So he's saying the law is out there. Of course, they'll keep saying that it isn't, and they'll keep arguing over that forever. Um, again, to me, it's a non-issue. The issue is right and wrong and slavery versus freedom. We can expound more on that here in a few moments and take your calls about whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. Phone lines are loaded. We'll get to everybody. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can, of course, join us online, freetalklive.com. All the places to visit on our site are free, including the updates. You get signed up, and we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the program. That's updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. Updates.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. 
So we just got off the phone with Matt in Massachusetts, and I just wanted to expound a little bit on his point about the uh, the show me your show me the law crowd those who are uh, those who are tax resistors who they come out and they publicly proclaim that there is no law requiring them to pay taxes. And, of course, the IRS will claim that, well, it's shown the law for, for decades, and here, here it is, you can read it for yourself. And then, of course, you go back to the show us your law crowd or show us the law crowd, and they'll say, well, that law is illegal, or it wasn't ratified correctly, or there's no way that could be a, a constitutional law because it's unconstitutional to have this uh, direct tax uh, upon people, etc., etc. And so they've got their legal reasons why, even if there is a law, it's not valid, etc. And it really, it all misses the point in my opinion. And it all misses the point of show me the obligation to pay taxes. Show me how the obligation was created upon me to pay taxes. Where did I explicitly agree to pay these taxes? You can't. Those questions are unanswerable. The IRS can point to all the code that it wants to, but that code doesn't create an obligation on me. Right. This how, is, go, go ahead how, was it, how was this obligation engendered? Right. What did yeah. I do to obligate me to pay these taxes? Yeah, yeah. This is where the the natural rights argument comes down, and the historical side of it comes down, where natural rights theory gets pretty close to it, but not quite. And, and one of the things that really is important to stress, I think, is a lot of people talk about if we are a country of laws, we must abide by the laws. It is the rule of law. Especially conservatives say that it's the rule of law. We must abide by it. Otherwise, we get total anarchy and chaos. Well, anarchy and chaos are two totally different things. Yes. Uh but and I would be in favor of anarchy. Um but uh, and as as you say it's it's freedom. Uh people can make their own choices. But the thing that gets me is if you are supposed to be a under the rule of law, that means you're going to be under the rule of the state. And once you establish the rule of the state, even if you think that the laws that are going to be written will be just laws, i.e. they support the concept of negative reciprocity, that you have a right to be left alone and I have a right to be left alone, mm-hmm. once you open that door and the state can start writing laws then the laws will no longer eventually be just laws. They will be laws that keep you from, for example, doing something peaceful like smoking pot. Or they'll be arbitrary. Exactly. They will be arbitrary based on whatever the majority wants or the representative majority. Yep. And, and you know, I, I respect the Founding Fathers in at least recognizing the limitations of their system and, and, and thinking, okay, how can we restrict the power of government so they broke things up into the states? But... Even then, if you say you are a state of laws and it's, uh, we're under the rule of law, well, you know, laws are not sometimes just. So is it appropriate to break the law? And then it actually goes back to uh, one of the guests we've had in the in the past. His name is Robert Menard from thinkfree.ca, and I was reviewing. He's got a new video out called The Magnificent Deception that I was watching over the weekend. And I just find this absolutely – his position uh, and his opinions absolutely fascinating, um, or his take on everything at least. And basically what he's saying is that there's a difference between statutes and acts and laws. And he's saying a lot – in and he's up in Canada, so I don't know how much difference there is. But generally, Canada and the United States are all under common law, and so there's a lot of similarities between the two. And he points out that in a society, the statutes are the laws of that society. They're not actual law. There's common law where, you know, you don't hurt anybody else, don't take their stuff, don't commit fraud. Right. Um, and then there's 
there's society that is created by whoever wants to create it, in this case the lawyers that they've created it, and they write all sorts of statutes and they claim that these are laws when in fact they're just statutes that apply to those who are in their society. Well, I don't want to be in their society. I've never consented to be in their society. They, who are members of the bar, have all very explicitly consented to be bound by those laws. Police officers have been explicitly consented to be bound by those laws. But you and I have not. We were we were never given the opportunity to consent, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't imagine that very many people would consent if they were actually given the opportunity. Yeah, who would consent to have what's going on to the Browns happen to them, and and, right. and have their taxes taken away from them? Right. Uh, who would who would consent voluntarily to taxes? Yeah, that's ridiculous. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We should go to the phones to the fun. So really, taxes is a morality issue. It's a consent issue. It's not a show us the law issue. I don't want to see your stupid laws. Let's go to the phones and talk to Carl in Montreal. You're on Free Talk Live, Carl. Hey, a friend brought me that article about the uh, the uh, Bong Hits for Jesus banner. Yeah. I was reading about, you know, this article from Yahoo that this, where it says students in public schools don't have the same rights as adults. Neither do they have constitutional protections at the schoolhouse gate. Right. And then where it went on in the article here about the conservative groups that often sided with the school administration were backing the uh, Joseph Frederick who filed the lawsuit because they were worried that the ruling for the school administration was schools clamp down on religious expressions, including speech that might oppose homosexuality or abortion. Yeah, that's true. I see. So so all they did was they said, this is only for illegal drugs. We're not restricting other speech, just the illegal drug speech. Yeah, but there was certain things that happened over the weekend, I noticed. Well, there was another case in the Supreme Court today that talked about the internal uh, White House faith-based office, and they ruled in favor of the White House, um, the Bush administration. That's true, too. Yeah. What is this now? Uh, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the Bush administration being able to support faith-based initiatives. Oh, jeez. And and isn't it interesting? The you point mean you mean when you say support, you mean give U.S. taxpayer yeah. dollars yeah, to exactly. faith-based initiatives? Right. Great. So right. now my money as an atheist is going to support Christians and Muslims or whoever, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's mostly their charities that uh, are going to try to help people in some way and propagate their religion. Same yeah, way. right. That's that's the point. These it, the, the 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 line of demarcation here was well, it's not specifically for a religious purpose. It's just being done by a religious group and it's for humanitarian purposes. Carl, thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing something. from you at 800-259-9231. Yeah, maybe it's not specifically for that, but you and I both know that, you know, when it comes to an organization like say the Salvation Army, uh how can you remove religion from that? I mean, they they are helping people. Isn't it interesting with the point that he made in the call where um, you know, he said, look, you know, some religious groups are, were worried about this as well because they realized that it could infringe on, on their purview. Uh, that's one of the reasons why the court was so specific in its ruling saying, well, this is, this is obviously bad stuff because this is drugs. So mm-hmm. they're trying to sort of wink at everybody else in religion saying, oh, don't worry about it. You know, it's okay. But what, what's amazing is that the religious groups can't get over their fear of the illegal drugs to say, hey, you know what? We shouldn't, whether it affects us or not, we should be in favor of this kid's right to speak. Yep. 
you know. And again, I, well, I, yeah, they're I, never going to have that courage, right? I do, I do have to point out the, the historical and constitutional point, which is that if it were a state law, it would be a different matter constitutionally. The Supreme Court should not have gotten involved with this in any way. Uh, I, on the abstract, I don't want government locally infringing on speech. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, this wasn't even a federal issue. This was a local issue, and states used to have the power to control speech. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. You can take control. Scott in Sunnyvale, Mark in Texas. You're all on the way. Your calls as well. Ladies first, if you make them, it's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line for you. Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com. Live streams there. Broadband version of the show and a dial-up version waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. And are you prepared for the day the dollar drops to zero? D2Z.org proposes that day is near. Go to D2Z.org and learn how to survive and thrive during the U.S. dollar crisis. D2Z. Z.org as we go to the phones to Scott in Sunnyvale, California. You're on Free Talk Live, Scott. Uh, hello, I'm calling today because I recently had an experience with Costco in which I'm, wa- I'm wondering whether I was in the right or whether I was in the wrong with regard to the mostly the Fourth Amendment. I'd like to bounce it off hmm. you and uh, ask you whether I should continue to fight this battle or yeah, do give tell. it up. Do tell. Okay. Basically, I was a member, and um, as you leave, they force you to check your receipt at the door, which in my criminal justice classes, I learned that it was legal for a company to check you as you're entering their property for safety purposes, but they cannot restrict you from leaving um, because that just basically isn't the law. Anyway, so Costco does. Uh, I tested it. I didn't show them my receipt. I said, no, thank you, when they asked me for my receipt, and they mm-hmm. chased me out the door. They did this on two or three different occasions, finally culminating in uh, a discussion with the manager in which they said that this sort of behavior has been supported by, by court cases. Uh, Wait, hold, what is slow your down understanding? Slow down, slow down. When you say they chased you out the door, do they tackle you? Well, uh, in a manner, well, no, they didn't tackle me. Okay, um, what they did do is they followed me out to my car and told me that this, this happened on more than one occasion. So I ha- I'll tell you that from the first occasion, they followed me out to the car and I was surrounded by four or five guys, including a security guard, and uh, and they were trying to grab the basket. And I told them to get their hands off my property, and uh, and I told them that that what they were doing was against the law. It was against the Fourth Amendment. It was uh, it was a seizure. If you guys, if they try to stop me that it's a seizure and that uh, they don't have any probable cause or reasonable suspicion well, to you know, justify the like behavior. Here's where I'd like to go on this, and I want to point out the Fourth Amendment was written only uh, as a rule for the government to follow. You're free from uh, unreasonable search and seizure by government agents. In regards to Costco, as I understand it, I've never been to a Costco, but as I understand it, it's like Sam's Clubs or BJ's Wholesalers in that it is a membership club in that you have to pay a membership fee and sign some sort of a membership form in order to be able to shop there and so presumably in your agreement they probably have some sort of uh, stipulation that says that you know we reserve the right to inspect your shopping cart as if, if they leave. don't have that they should because right. they, well, they, they right. do have that but isn't it true that they could then say oh well you're a member therefore you can sign yourself over into slavery you can sign away your rights 
Well, you're talking. If you're talking uh, practicalities, you're talking about contract law, and uh, that's as far as it goes. You could potentially do that under contract law. You could do that, although some politicians might say, "Oh, you can't do it." Abstractly, some people would argue whether or not you can sign yourself over into slavery. But i.e., the, the U.S. military. Yeah, really. As far as the day to day of it goes. Uh, you're you're pretty much you signed a contract with them. You agree to their stipulations. They allow you on their property based on that contract, and you are supposed to abide by that contract. If you don't, they could sue you for breach of contract. Right. If you don't like it, then go shop at Walmart, uh, where you're not exi- you're not signing an explicit agreement to enter or leave the store. So well, I, my father has a law degree, and he taught me all my life growing up that you cannot sign away your rights. Well, this is well, that's this in is, regards to the government. Sir. Yeah. This is one of the problems that I find with uh, uh, people who look at the Fourth Amendment as uh, applying to uh, private contracts entirely. Uh, you know, uh, I, the Fourth Amendment, as Ian says, is supposed to apply to the government. It's right. a restriction against government for unwarranted searches and seizures. Uh, if I am going to go to a party where everybody will be strip searched, uh, I'm fully, I fully have the right to do it, and they have a right to strip search me once I've signed that contract. And in, if in I, that case, you don't even have to sign a contract. You simply be somebody at the door saying, "Now you have to get naked in order to come in." Right. There's an implicit agreement. Right. Right. Exactly. So I think the Fourth Amendment doesn't apply here, and I understand your father's rationale that he always taught you you can't sign yourself into slavery. This is one of the sort of long-standing debates in libertarian circles: can you or can you not sign yourself into slavery? I think you should absolutely be able to, so long as it's very explicit that you completely understand. What you're doing? Yeah, I, I, I don't think, think you, you should be able to be tricked into right, slavery. Right. When I was at Star Trek, I wrote a story about these uh, these guys who are one alien race, and uh, this one character uh, is selling himself to be destroyed because once they're killed, their bodies are rendered down into an addictive drug that is then sold to this other alien race. And he has basically sold off his life so that the money will go to his daughter who's dying of this terrible disease. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to introduce the ethics of that, of that sort of a question. And I think if you own your body, if you own the rights to your body, you should have the full capacity to be able to sell off all rights to your body. All Otherwise, the parties. Indentured servants. You, yes, if, if you, you want yeah. to consent to it, then you should be able to consent to that. Well, what about um, I think that I, now? Think for a second. Um, what about a uh, no compete clause? If I, if, for instance, I decided to go work for a uh, um, a company and and they you know made me uh, sign a no compete for two years, aren't I essentially signing uh, become, signing myself in indentured servitude? Good point. Because if I quit, I can't go work for another company in their uh, particular field for two years. Well, gosh, I, I, I'm not sure that should be constitutional either. Uh, once, once you're free and clear of their contract and they're no longer paying you, you're no longer being paid for your services, therefore you're not under contract. Well, constitutionality, being... here's where you get in the murky, murky area of constitutionality. When, if you think that the Constitution applies to other people, then can you come on my front lawn and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ? No, I believe in property rights. What's that? I believe in property rights, but there's also a difference. Once you open up your property to the public, that become, I think that changes everything. Once yeah, but it becomes see, the but public, a place that is see, generally open to the public. But wait, Mark, you're not no, saying no, that your front yard's open to the public. I'm not, I'm not and I, I understand his point. And so what if, if I had were. a restaurant? Exactly. Um, if, if I had a steakhouse, Mark's Steakhouse, can you come in there and, and preach loudly the gospel of Jesus Christ? Or kicking you out, am I violating your First Amendment? 
No, that's, a that's good my point. property. But one thing to consider is they held me at the door, and I said, am I free to go? And they said, no. And I said, so then I'm your prisoner. And they said, no. And I said, so then I'm free to go. And they said, no. And I said, right, so then I'm know. your prisoner. No, no, you're free to go as long as you leave the products there. You yeah. either show your receipt. But the agreement, as I understand it, is yes, you pay for the products, then you show your receipt at the door. You did not agree. You did not complete your side of the agreement. And so, therefore, they have the right to hold your cart until you and, show and them the receipt. And keep my money? They need a refund. They'll, they'll refund you the money, but you're going to have to show them the receipt to get the refund. And it would be it would be an interesting debate to say uh, up and to what point. And on the fourth occasion, I lost the receipt. I, actually, I truly lost the receipt. Well, well, that's that's tricky, but you know, the, it would be an interesting debate to say, okay, at a certain point, if uh, if you wanted your money back and they didn't want to give you your money back, could they rightfully, not legally, but rightfully hold on to your money? Because does the contract go sequentially? For example, once you pay, they get to keep your money, and as part of the part of the deal, you have to uh, submit to a search of your bags. And because you, you violated the, the contract, search, you forfeited. Perhaps so. It could be that way. I mean, it would depend on how the uh, the agreement was written, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's interesting. You brought up the the uh, the bit, Mark, about the First Amendment on your property. As the caller mentioned, you know, that's an interesting question. Uh, the 1964 Civil Rights Act, the uh, public accommodations portion of that, and of course, your father's probably familiar with this, being a, being an attorney. Um, that portion of the 1964 Civil Rights Act, which forced private establishments to have to accept all people was an infringement on private property, and, and uh, many libertarian legal scholars have pointed this out. It should never have been passed. As much as people think that, and Walter Williams talks about this, Thomas Sowell talks about this, people in certain minority groups say, look, if a hotel owner opens for business, it does not make it public property. There's no tax money being used for that guy's property. And he can set stipulations on entry as long as he wants to, and as much as he wants to. Including that you'll be a prisoner in, until you show your little white slip proving that you're, it's okay yeah, to leave. Yeah, you agreed to it. to leave, otherwise you're a prisoner. But you, you, you agreed to it. it. You didn't have to. No one you forced you to, to shop prisoner? at Costco. No it, one it, forced it, you to shop there, ever. It's, it's, for example, I'll give you another example. In New Hampshire, there is, they, they just passed a law called Michelle's Law, which forces insurance companies to have to extend their discounts to uh, to young people who get their college discounts, even if the pe young people are so sick they can't stay in school. So they're not full-time students. But they had already agreed to the stipulations. So why should they suddenly turn to the state and say, well, I don't like the contract? Scott, great call. Thanks for making it. I want to talk more about Scott's confusion. It's, uh, it's a common one, common confusion amongst Americans about who exactly the Constitution applies to. More on the way, this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. But we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by becoming an amplifier, a Free Talk Live amplifier, by going to amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is simple. You send in three bucks a month to us, we turn it around into promoting the show. It doesn't go to paychecks. Uh, Gardner can testify to that. He's not going to dime for being here. Uh, and... 
it does go into getting Free Talk Live on more radio stations. We buy Talkers Magazine advertisements, we attend industry conventions, and do a variety of other things that are all listed there for you to see at amp.freetalklive.com. The point is, it's working. The reason we're on over 25 stations today is because of the amplifiers. There's no doubt about it. So if you want to help support Free Talk Live, that is probably the most effective way to do it, amp.freetalklive.com. And to get some perks, access to the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only forum and chat room, and more. All of the information you need, amp.freetalklive.com. Now, we just got off the phone a moment ago with uh, Scott Mm -hmm. in California, and Scott was sort of echoing some common confusion that a lot of people, a lot of people in America have about freedom and the Constitution and what the Constitution applies to. So Scott was upset that he was stopped at the door of Costco, the front door of Costco, for not showing his receipt on the way out the door, which is apparently one of the requirements. their policy. They have a receipt checker. Right. It's Mm. their store policy, and since it's a membership club, you've explicitly agreed to follow their store policy. And Scott's objection Not that I would object um, even if it was Walmart, um, and they didn't have a membership agreement. That's true. Um, Not not necessarily that I would object either, Um, but... Anyway, in, in the case of Costco, it's very explicit. Mm-hmm. So his confusion was that, well, there's this Fourth Amendment, and the Fourth Amendment says you're free from unreasonable search and seizure, and some other people have complained in the past that, well, so-and-so corporation is restricting my freedom of speech. Heck, even uh, the Free Talk Live BBS, there are 1,500 people there, 250,000 posts, bbs.freetalklive.com. We've had people complain that, hey, this is supposed to be an unmoderated forum. You guys are restricting my speech. Not that it happens very often, but there are some occasions when someone will get on there maybe and spam the forum with porn yeah. spam, or yeah. they'll get on there and start threaten posting somebody bodily. Threaten somebody, or they'll start posting like uh, swastikas and a bunch of hate, you know, just racist hate. And uh, I have a, I have an explicit rule against all of those things. Yeah, and I really I really want to apologize for doing all that stuff, guys. So <laughs> thanks. I have a very explicit rule that you agree to before you come on the forum that says you are not going to be able to do those things here. And so then people complain about it. They say, well, you guys, what about the freedom of speech? Well, you don't have the freedom of speech. The Constitution was written by a handful of guys who got together to create this thing called a government in order to protect life and liberty in theory. Uh, Of course, it just didn't really work out that way. But nonetheless, the Constitution was written and the amendments were provided. The only reason why the Constitution was signed was because of the Bill of Rights. The the guys behind the Constitution weren't going to do it without these protections put in there. And the reason why you have the freedom of speech and the right to be free from search and seizure and habeas corpus, well, we used to have that, uh, and all these things that were in the Bill of Rights was because these guys understood that government was really bad at infringing on those things, and they wanted to make sure that this government wouldn't do that. Of course, they didn't really, weren't really effective at it, but nonetheless, the point is the Constitution is a set of rules for the government, government. to follow, right. not you, now, a private is, property owner. You know, I don't have any. Pro- um, I I'm not saying that what Costco did at the front door to uh, it was. I'm sorry. What was his name? Scott. Scott, Scott yeah. was right, moral, or just. I I think that it's fine. They'll likely lose his business. I, I, um, they, they likely will lose his business, and I would support him in going any place he would like. Sure. Um, but I support Costco's right, whether it's right, jor- moral, or just, to uh, search people on the way out if they want to body pat them, if they want to, uh, you know, drug dog snip, whatever they want to sure. do. I don't have any problem with them and th- their property rights right. um, being able to search somebody who comes on their property. Because in the free market, 
the more restrictive a company's rules are going to be, the more of a market opportunity there is for you somebody else to step in and say, hey, we don't have drug dogs here. Come play, on over and shop here. Game. We're, Lower we're prices. Gone. Yeah, and that's one of the things I wanted to bring up when I was talking about Walter Williams and Thomas Sowell. Here are two black Americans, I mean black citizens of the United States, or black sovereign citizens, yeah. you might say. Uh, and uh, here are two gentlemen who are uh, well-versed in economics and politics and history and sociology. And they're saying this 1964 public accommodations portion of the 1964 Civil Rights Act uh, really infringes on private property. And both of these guys, who are black guys, say, look, you know, if you own a hotel and you don't want to rent a room to me, you should have the right to deny me. Absolutely. And at what point does it stop? If you can't deny on this particular basis because the majority thinks, well, that basis isn't right, then what happens when the majority happens to disagree and say, well, this basis isn't right? If, uh, you know, and, and as, as much as people are disgusted by the idea of someone not allowing someone in because he has a different skin color or maybe the guy is uh, the the guy has a different eye color or that hair guy color. Only he's gay rooms or, to women. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Or women, exactly. Um, you know, as much as 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 we find that an affront to our sensibilities because we don't feel that way, doesn't mean that that gives us the right through government force to force that man to think and act differently. What yep. we do have the right to do is withhold our economic benefits that we could give to that man in commerce. Right. Like in I'm sure that you know, Denny's had that policy of uh, making black people pay um, ahead of time for yeah. their, their meals. Right. I right. support did they? they did. Yeah, they um, did. Yeah. Well, it was sort of unwritten. You know, they didn't broadcast that that was their policy, but that was what they were doing in some major metros. Wow. Um, I I think that, that um, you know, it's fine that they decide that that's their policy, but once I hear about it, and I did note that the this, the uh, you know free market worked in this particular mm-hmm. system, I'm likely to withhold my money from Denny's. Right. I'm not a big fan of Denny's anyway, but um, you know I'm, I'm likely to do that, and I'm sure that black people all over America did withhold their money from Denny's. Absolutely. I'd like to also just come to Costco's defense. I've never once shopped at Costco. I've, I've never seen even one. seen a Costco. Um, but I'd like to come to their defense as somebody who worked in retail for three and a half years, somebody who has, a, I would say, a modicum of experience at it, um, somebody who sort of worked closely with the loss control department. And loss control is the, the guys you don't ever see. They're the ones that are watching the video monitors. They're the ones that are, are in the crowd as a, uh, you know, they're, they're dressed like a customer. They're keeping an eye on people. They're making sure that products don't go out this, the door without being paid for. And the purpose of a Costco or a Sam's Club or something like that is to offer products, usually in bulk buy format, but at a lower price than what you can get elsewhere. And, one of the ways they can do that is by effectively uh, having an effective loss control department because any any other store that doesn't have this policy of we need to check your receipt before you leave has an increased likelihood of somebody just throwing a stereo in the uh, in their shopping cart their and walking out the front higher. door yeah. i mean the it's fact been is, done. the fact is retailers lose thousands upon thousands of dollars every month to what they call shrinkage and those where, losses are going to be passed on yes Whenever they lose money to, to thieves, they have to cover those costs somehow. So the prices of their products go up in regards to how much shrinkage they have. So they're keeping your costs down by checking people's receipts at the door. That's the point of that policy, mm. is to make sure that the products that leave the door have all been paid for so as to keep the shrinkage down so as their products can be as low, uh, they're priced as low as they possibly can be. How it's many a good other, policy, in my opinion. How many other people are thinking of George Costanza right now when you said shrinkage? 
I don't know. Sorry, I don't. I never Seinfeld, saw it. Seinfeld reference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and and there's something else too about this that uh, that I wanted to mention, which is that you know you think about not catering to certain minorities and that sort of thing, and and coming with coming down with policies that uh, at first glance, for many people who operate under the government paradigm, they would say, oh, that's against my rights. Well, no, I'm sorry. You have a right to contract. They have a right to contract, mm-hmm. and you can work it out. Um, but uh, you know, if you if you think about it, and I, I was mentioning uh, during uh, during the break that you know I, I was talking with a woman who is a black woman and I said you know what happens if you hold to the policy that Walter Williams and Thomas Olin we we hold to the, the sanctity of private property and someone doesn't have to rent a hotel room or a bus seat to someone that they don't want to rent it to uh, what happens if there is and these guys say economically the people who uh, don't do well by those customers will not do as well economically and mm-hmm. other people will enter the market marketplace to cater to them and that is historically what happens that's economically what happens the the theory is borne out by history but the fascinating thing about it is you say what if there's a tiny 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 minority that's so deplored you know what if there are like two lepers that live in a particular area or whatever and i don't mean to equate anybody's skin color with leprosy or whatever but let's just draw it out to the wildest example lepers say, are good, a good example Go yeah you know and say that uh people there there are two lepers in the area and uh it's just their lot in life what happens when they don't cater to those people and it actually if they did cater to them it would hurt them economically well that way that that is something that is possible maybe people hear about it. i'm not going to that place no well, they way. should move to a place where uh, exactly where That's they're more accepted private communities exact <laughs> private communities allow for the, those who are disenfranchised to be able to gather with other people and they actually get economic power and you don't even have to get to that point because it very very rarely happens on the scale of one to ten it's like a point zero 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 one that that would ever happen 800-259-9231 that is the single cai toll free line for you Mark, Don, Alex, all on the way. Your calls. Amplifier line is holding. And uh, whatever you want to talk about goes as we launch into hour number three here in moments. 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That would be the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features on the site, totally free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. we got to roll right into the phone calls here, guys. Uh, lots of people want to talk. We go to the phones. It's Mark in Texas. Everyone waited patiently through the news. I'm always so pleased when that mm-hmm. happens. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Uh, hey. Real quick on the last uh, topic. Yes. The Constitution only applies to the government, doesn't apply to private businesses. That's as it should be. And there are so right. many people that are confused about that, and I blame the government schools, because the, the government schools does not teach you that about the Constitution. They just teach you the Bill of Rights, so you have a right to the freedom of speech and a right to be a free from search and seizure. They and don't you tell have those you rights, who it applies to. The government to. can't uh, suppress them. Uh, private businesses can. Uh, message boards, whatever. Yeah, exactly right. right. Absolutely right. right. And uh, real quick, uh, Gart, this is the first time I've called in where you've been on the show, and hey, it's nice to have you on. I think a lot of people, I think maybe we just don't enunciate the D in guard very, not, yeah, very I much. I think I, a lot of people guard. think your name is Gart. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> Guard. Uh. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that very much. And uh, it's uh, nice to know so many people who are so so sharp and on the ball listen to this program. It's awesome. Sir, were you here to just verbally fillet Gardner, or <laughs> were you here to Actually, make a point? I was here to verbally fillet Mark. Um, Excellent. <laughs> yes, which is great. Um, so you had issues with the TSA, right? I did. I ran into a little bit of trouble at the. I um, ran a little. Are you talking about the uh, incident that was just a couple of weeks ago at the Manchester Airport? Yes. Right. I was uh, going through the line, and apparently my um, ID, my driver's license, was uh, out of date. And for some reason, they decide that although I'm not going to be driving the plane, (laughs) that my driver's license needs to not be expired, even though it clearly shows my picture, where I live, you know, the whole thing. I'm, I'm you're a non-compliant citizen. Clearly well, identifiable it, it, in this picture. Were you guys flying to New York? Was that what it was? No, I no, was this flying. this is just Mark with uh, his wife. Yeah, think. flying home to okay, Sarasota. Okay, so this wasn't for the con- uh, the convention thing. Right. 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 Okay, so um, so if you had all those problems with uh, the TSA, why didn't you just, like, use those giant Dumbo ears and just fly <laughs> on your own? Well, uh, you know, they're not very aerodynamic. <laughs> they're huge, though, man. They are big ones. Thanks for the call, Mark. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. I'm surprised you didn't sneak a purple helmet reference in. I'm surprised. Uh, let's continue with Don in Pennsylvania. You're on Free yeah. Talk Live, Don. I'll be right back. What? Hey, how you doing? Hey. I was going to say, oh, no, hey, Don. Don, you have to talk to us now. <laughs> Go ahead. What's on your mind? Hey, how, how are you, man? Hey, hey earlier, you know, uh, a gentleman called in, and he had stated the fact that there was a law. This is in reference to Ed and Elaine Brown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he had stated earlier that there was a law, uh, according to the IRS, for federal taxes. Um, you know, it amazes me. You guys went on to state that, you know, it was a moral issue. You know, most people would re- actually research, do some study on the Federal Reserve Bank. They would realize that it's a total corrupt system, mm-hmm. the consolidation of the wealth of America, and stealing and, and descending us into slavery. I mean, I mean we're not headed in a good that. direction. Well, it's true. It, it's, it's, a, it's an outlandish claim. Why don't you back it up? <laughs> First of all, I mean, Reagan said it himself when he wrote in his own memoirs in his book was the fact that all of our money that we pay in the Federal Reserve never go, I mean, in our federal taxes never go to actually supporting the federal government, but only paying into interest on the, Fed, on the debt. Mm. So, so what's the purpose of actually having and paying federal taxes if, if, if there's no, I mean, there's no recourse, you're not actually heading to a betterment of, our, of ourselves, we're actually descending and falling further and further you know, into the state of, of potentially... I mean, well, you should it. pay your fair share, Mark. You should pay your fair share. And we'll tell you what that fair share is, by the way. No, they won't. They have, they force you to calculate it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's well, a fair share. A good point. I certainly don't want my fair share of the $8.8 trillion that the federal government owes right. currently. I didn't sign up for that debt. Thanks very much. I don't know that money. This is the other question I have is, you know, like I said, Ed and Elaine Brown, you know, if other people would stand up like they did, maybe we could possibly take this country back because we're not yes. headed in a good direction. And, you know, people call in and they say laws, but, you know, let's get past the laws and let's get down to reality, which is, as I said, if things don't change in this country, you know, what's going to happen to our, our children and grandchildren? I mean, it's a scary thought, especially when Bush stands up today and says he's above the law. Wait, he said that again today? Yeah. What, what, what was this story? I, I can't say the verbatim. All I know is, is, I mean, him and Cheney both, I mean, repeatedly go about stating the fact that, I mean, basically, you know, Bush, you know, has openly stated that he wanted to be a dictator. He is I mean, the decider. 
But, but that not that scary for you and I? Heck yeah, as scary. American That's why citizens? we moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, because I agree with exactly what you're saying, and that is that more people should stand up, and they should refuse to pay, and they should uh, protect their liberties with whatever it takes, and more right. people should do this. And I think it would be more effective if those people were all living within proximity to one another, yeah. which is why we're here in New Hampshire, as Ed Brown is. Of course, Ed was already here, um, but I think that uh, that's the way we have to move in this country if we ever you want know, to I don't, I don't actually, I mean, I don't actually own guns myself, but as you were saying earlier, I mean, I believe that, you know, if, if homosexuals want to be able to speak openly, then go ahead. If you want to own a gun, go ahead, because, I mean, if we start depriving other people of rights, then we just really actually deprive ourselves of them. Absolutely. Well point. said, Mark. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Yeah, you know, uh, there are a couple things about that. that Ian, you, you make a great point. Getting people in concentrated masses in one location, I think, really helps get around this diffused defenders of liberty around the country sort of thing. And, Ed Brown and can, is a perfect example of the success. All these people turning out to help them out. Right. If, if, though, if the free staters weren't here in New Hampshire, the early movers weren't here, Ed would be having a much tougher time right now. Now, to be fair, there are people that are outside of the free state movement that are helping him out as well. Yeah. But I would say his uh, his supporters would be you know halved if it weren't for the free staters yeah. that were here standing up for him doing uh, uh there was a tremendous i guess turnout at his press conference last week the free staters helped promote that and they showed up and they spoke at it uh, one of our listeners bill walker was there he was quoted in the press because he was just railing against one of the ap reporters apparently while he was there and so it's a perfect example of the success of the idea of concentrating effort in one place yeah absolutely you know i was thinking about something else too this idea of uh, the government and rights and so on and and when can you sell off your rights uh, they had a story out of Florida uh, last week about a school that was going to implement a policy and it's been done in other schools and um, this was something where if you wanted to do any sort of sport you had to consent to voluntary drug testing hmm. and if you did not you could not be on the team and I thought to myself well you know some people would think that that's analogous to the idea of voluntarily joining up with a private entity and agreeing to their stipulations upon entry into this, so, I don't know, auto racing mm-hmm. uh, place, you will volunteer a urine sample or whatever it might be. They could know? think that. Okay. They'd be wrong. They, it would be absolutely wrong. And, and because there are so many instances where there is coercion as part of the system for the government school system. Right, the kids are forced to go there. They're forced to go. And if they want to play, I mean, their parents are forced to pay. Yep. And so are other people. And so then they say, well, yeah, but, you know, everybody should have a say into this. It's like, well, I tell you what, maybe the best thing to do is to remove that moral dilemma from the taxpayers who might be upset that the kids are having to give up their, their blood or their urine or hair sample and allow people to freely associate so that you don't have this dilemma, so that people make their own decisions and they go to private schools that right. set if, their own policy. If this was a, um, a, a, a private school, then you'd be talking about the ultimate uh, say that a person would have, which yeah. is removing their child from the school and stop, it, stop paying for tuition. Yep. Yeah. But currently, whether I even have a child in the school or not, I pay for the tuition for that right. school. And somehow the parents have a say amongst all the other thousands of people who live there and have to vote and or try to vote and have to pay their taxes? Mm. How is that at all equated to them giving their consent to this sort of a policy? Well said, well said. 800-259-9231 to the phones to Don in Pennsylvania. Wait, did we just take Don? I think we did. Okay. Let's go to Alex in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live, Alex. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, Hey. what's on your mind? Yeah, Don was talking about the 
Federal Reserve and how bad that is. And I think it should be abolished and the gold standard should be reapplied. I don't know. That's just me. Um, We're with you. Hey, you know what? You yeah. know what I'd like to do is uh, get rid of the Federal Reserve and have private banking. That's the way. Yeah. That's the way I would do it. Let the banks determine what they want to do, what currency they want to have, and base it on, uh, you know, on on reserves that they have of gold in their in their stocks. I very much agree. Alex, you had another reason for calling. Hold on, we'll bring you back. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Josh in Texas. Steve, Francisco, people all over the place. Ladies, you know, if you call in, you go first on Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want, and uh, the calls are so loaded, I don't know if we'll get a chance to talk about the new ID database that uh, the Congress is about to foist on us. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. We've got a bulletin board system with over 1,500 people, almost 250,000 posts for you to surf around through, and it's all totally free. You just head over to bbs.freetalklive.com, and there's where you can get interactive with a variety of our listeners and others. In fact, uh, yeah, we're still approaching 250,000, approaching it slowly at this point. But nonetheless, it's free. bbs.freetalklive.com. As we continue with the phone calls, let's go to, it is Josh, oh wait, excuse me, Alex in Florida, holding on still. Alex, you're back. <laughs> hey, how are you? Hey, what's hey. on your mind? Um, yeah, so I want to I want to talk about Ron Paul and Fred Thompson. Okay. And um, so, anyways, you know, Fred Thompson's been getting sort of the headlines on all the major news stations recently. Right. This undeclared and, uh, uh, candidate for president <laughs> is uh, just because the, the the media so badly wants an actor to run. Right. Please, please, he knows yeah. how to deal with us and and stand in front of the cameras and things. That'd so be ridiculous. Great. Well, and the people like the actors too. You know, people like actors, and they they're obsessed with Hollywood, and so he gets points for but, that. But it really shows you how much of a game it is, because like it's it's just who can who can trick us the best, and you know it just yep. it's so ridiculous. <laughs> so uh, and they want another Reagan because you know Reagan was a former actor, so they think, oh my gosh, Fred Thompson, he's an actor, so you know Reagan was an actor, so he'll be the new Reagan. So right. I don't know. Uh, Fred Thompson might might do a great job at acting like a um, you know small government guy, but the fact is his record in the Senate shows otherwise. Now didn't uh, didn't Ron Paul come in second place in some sort of a it's, straw okay, poll? Okay, yeah, there was a straw poll in Tennessee. Um, and I don't think it was an open, entirely open to the public. It was a uh, the, the oh, crap, like the Republican it, it, Party. No, it was a a, um, a tax. It was a tax freedom group in oh, Tennessee. Okay. Took a straw poll. Um, only Tennesseans of this uh, group. And uh, Fred Thompson came in first, undeclared. Um, the, so the first declared candidate was Ron Paul. Got it. Who beat out wow. all the rest of the um, you know, candidates? Uh, Giuliani, and he gets no attention. None. It's, it's well, Ron Paul also won the straw poll in Utah. I mean, Ron, well, he didn't win. He got second place. Romney got an overwhelming amount, but right, Utah, like eighty something so. percent. Right, it's U- right. Utah. Romney's uh, Mormon. Mormon. Right. So, but I, I guess what I wanted to say was the fact that all these headlines are saying how Fred Tom. I've I've seen a lot of these where Fred Tom is going to take control of the internet and he's going to be one of the newest candidates that that might be elected through the internet, et cetera, <laughs> and like. They're putting so much emphasis on Fred Thompson's connection to the internet, or supposed connection to the internet, which he doesn't have. Right, and they're completely he's not winning the polls. Ron Paul. No, he's they he's are. not winning any um, internet polls. Ron Paul is. And you know what's interesting? Right. It, the, the very fact that they occasionally mention Ron Paul and. 
Oh, boy, how quirky and weird it is that this guy, Ron Paul, is in some polls. Okay, that's enough mention of that. The very fact that they have brought that up occasionally signifies that there is a force that Ron Paul has through the Internet, through these communication media, that uh, they just can't really handle right now in the, in the mainstream press. Yeah, and, and I think I, I think in general my, my problem is is that when Fred Thompson has a connection to the Internet, it's apparently amazing. And when Ron Paul has a connection <laughs> to the Internet, he's a kook or he's a maverick. He's, you know, he's one of Spanning. these outliers, and it, do, it doesn't seem to fit. Well, I've had the displeasure of, of seeing this man in person. I didn't meet him or anything, but he's he come to me. Ooh. Oh, don't wash yourself, Mark. Uh, but <laughs> he was very pleasant. He has attended both the uh, R&R uh, talk radio seminars over the past two years, R&R Radio and Records magazine. And they have some sort of a love for this guy because he can talk into a microphone as well as being an actor. Because right. um, he does the fill-ins for Paul Harvey sometimes, and he does some work for ABC News, though I believe he's resigned himself from that job as yeah. he's pursuing the presidential thing. But they just fawn all over this politician. Oh, he was in Law and & Order, and he was a and it's just disgusting. We're, we're sitting there trying to eat our lunch, and there's this politician up there blabbing on about whatever. And he's just as unimpressive as any other politician. And shoot, lest I sound like a meanie, uh, I, I was in Washington and covered Capitol Hill in 1989 with a radio syndicate. And i got to tell you, man, I was not impressed by the bulk of the people down there who are our reporters. There are some very bright ones, but the majority of them, uh, for example, the woman I shadowed and uh, was supposedly teaching me, um, uh, they, they don't question things. They don't think about things. A lot of it is, is systemic because they don't have the time to start doing, doing the research and so on. But I think that uh, that's a bit of an excuse. I think a lot of these people just go with the establishment. They like the way the establishment gives them their gravy. They like being able to contact these people. They feel, feel familiar with them. They like to hold them up as icons. And they, they don't think things through. I, I went to a, I went to a, a conference once on um, a child crack, crack baby legislation, and Dick Gephardt was there. And she took some sound bites from this hearing that he had. It was a total set-up hearing. You know, all these people who were in favor of giving federal money to, to mothers who, had, who were addicted to cracks so or the babies wouldn't be addicted. Right, who and, wouldn't want to do that? Yeah, and we walked away, and, <laughs> and I was like, I was like uh, she goes, okay, now we can do our report. I was like, wait, aren't you going to get anybody from the other side? She goes, no, 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 the, the, this, the news was this event. I was like, yeah, but the event is made up to promote the legislation. You're just a, you're just a conduit and an amplifier for yep. Dick Gephardt. That's you're a PR that's, that is hack. Absolutely, what most reporters are, so-called journalists are today. They are simply, I love your word, conduits for government press releases. Yeah. I mean, pretty much that's it. Alex, just a curiosity. We've talked recently with a couple of so-called anarchists, uh, or self-labeled anarchists. I don't know if that's how you label yourself. I prefer free marketeer or whatever. Anyway, I've sort right. of gotten the impression from you over the years that you, uh, you are an adherent in that way. And these are the ones. The, the people I'm referring to are the ones that would hold someone like you to the fire and say, "Why are you? Why are you talking about Ron Paul? Why are you promoting this guy? You're supposed to not vote. You're supposed to be uh, outside the system entirely." Um, how is it that you, as someone who is uh, generally fairly against government, has come to the purpose, uh, come to participation in the system? Well, I, I really. You've mentioned this before, and Mark Stevens has, and it just. I think I take Lace Hunter Spooner's uh, position in which voting doesn't really mean you can you can dump the government. It's really just a bullet in in the sense that you know you prefer one existence over the other, but it doesn't mean that that's the existence you want, right? Mm -hmm. So you're basically like it's almost like as Lysander Spooner says, you're like a soldier who's made to shoot, but you shoot the enemy just because you don't want to die. 
don't want to be in war, right? So that's that's the way I'd look at it. I'm going to vote because I'd rather have Ron Paul in office than Fred Thompson. But in reality, I don't want Ron Paul in office. I want to have be my own sovereign individual aside from government. You right. don't want any office. So you take right. it from the self-defense aspect, and I, I completely agree with that. That makes total sense. These people are going to use violence on you whether you like it or not, so you might as well participate at least to the extent that you can minimize the violence utilized on you. And, right. uh, and as you and as I think Lysander Spooner also pointed out correctly, that voting is an anonymous occurrence, which, which of course also invalidates it to some extent, but there's yeah. no way they could possibly trace your vote. You could, you could go in to, and they can see that, well, Alexander came in to vote today, but there's no way they can say that you actually voted in the presidential election or that you actually filled out the ballot at all. You could have turned in a blank ballot um, had you wanted to. So there's no way that anyone could trace that back and say, well, you're clearly consenting to uh, to be ruled by whoever you voted for. That's not True. the case. And, and I definitely think that in order to get to a liberal, like an anarchist society or free marketeer society, you're going to have to vote people in office so that there's a gradual change that are of the libertarian mindset. Yep. So you, I don't think it's going to be this drastic, you know, experience from communism to anarchy. And if it does happen like that, it'll be probably very violent. Alex, thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. And I also like the practical aspects of, you know, that's a realistic approach. Some of these anarchists are out there saying, I don't want to participate in the system. I don't even want to talk to minarchists. Well, you know, the fact is, those guys all started somewhere. They all started on their path to liberty at some point, and they weren't a principled anarchist the next day. It took me seven years. It's taken people many, many, a long, long time. They've got to be introduced at some point, and Ron Paul makes a great introduction to liberty for most Americans. It's just a fact. More on the way. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us online. FreeTalkLive.com is the place to go. All the features on the site, totally free, including the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens and dozens of ladies have taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com. That is Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org as we go to the phones to the fun. Josh in Texas on the amplifier line. Hello, Josh. Hey. Hey. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, um, I'm, I'm probably one of uh, your youngest listeners. I'm 13, and I really have a good insight into how the public education system, it, it really, like, dumbs down a lot of the kids. Can you give us some examples? Um, when, it, like, in school, I mean, you're going to, discussions about politi- politics come up, and and then, um, like, they'll, they'll talk about the Iraq war. Do you think we should be in Iraq? And then... They'll say, well, they did 9-11 or whatever, and I'm like, <laughs> no, they didn't. And and then they, they teach that type of stuff at school, and... Um, so your school, hold on, your school teaches that um, that the, 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 the Iraqis did 9-11? Not, not particularly, but they, they talk about how they fund it, they fund terrorism, and they, and they, they basically, uh, 
implied that. Yeah, they're sort of casually linking it. Mark. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's the government schools are just a purely propaganda tools, particularly in science classes, social studies classes, and also in the English classes, where a lot of people don't realize uh, kids are being uh, propagandized all the time. The other day, I ran into to a, a mother and her daughter who were trying to find books on their summer reading list, and of course, you know. The public schools don't budget the the books that the kids have to read over the summer for the summer reading list, uh, which is kind of an interesting little problem that nobody seems to recognize in the government schools as well. Uh, but the, every book had to do with the environment and, and <laughs> rainforests and saving the rainforests and the global warming stuff. And that's every single book. They were fiction, but those were the subjects. So, so what else? What else goes on, Josh? Well, um, also. I can I can just like sit in class and listen around and the things people talk about. If if they're trying to if they think they're talking intelligently, they'll just say completely ignorant things. Or I've heard before from one girl who she doesn't seem to think for herself. She just said she said um once she's like I don't really like Bush, but um, my family's Republican, so we're gonna vote Republican. And stuff like that. They just don't think for themselves. Wow. Well, then she's fully prepared for adulthood. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Hey, do us a favor, Josh, and uh, let us know whenever, you know, outrageous things happen at your school. Some of the best calls we've had have come from uh, kids in the government school system just sharing us, uh, just sharing some of the propaganda, some of the questions on the tests, and just some of the crazy things that go on inside the government school system. Did you have anything else you wanted to share with us tonight? Well, um,. I, I started listening to Free Talk Live uh, a couple weeks ago so in the summer, so not in school right now. But once I get back into school, um, I'll be calling you guys, talking to you about that. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. How, how did you hear about the show? Um, Podcast Alley. Awesome. Perfect. Hey, and also, how did you amplify the show as a 13-year-old? You can have a PayPal account, can you? Yeah, I, I can. <laughs> wow, that's great. I didn't know that. Excellent. Thanks for the call, man. Well, we appreciate well, it. Oh, also, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I live in Texas, so it's a completely conservative, budget-supporting state, and I just feel so alone out here. Well, five more years, five more years, you can move to New Hampshire. How about that? Yeah, that's what I want to do. It'll be here before you know it. Thanks for the call, Josh, and keep up the good work. 800-259-9231. Mark. Just to put that in perspective, a 13-year-old is able to amplify Free Talk Live. I mean, if that's not within the reach of everybody, I don't know what is. Well, it, it certainly, uh, you know, it's probably the, our biggest barrier to people amplifying is uh, them getting around to doing the the the, the online work, going mm-hmm. to amp.freetalklive.com, Clicking filling the out buttons, the yeah. right, and then you know the three dollars a month really isn't the uh, hurdle that we have to deal with. It's doing it. Let's continue with the phone calls. It's Steven, or Steve rather, in Pennsylvania. Steve, you're on the air. Hello? Hey, what's on your mind? How are you guys doing today? Great, what's up? I was just wondering how often you guys uh, kiss each other on the mouth because you sound kind of gay. Thanks for the call, Steve. Uh, Mark, I think that was before the show, right? Last time we... No, we don't do that. Well, we did sleep in the same bed together once. Yeah, we did sleep in the same bed recently. That's true. Recently. Gardner, when's the last time you kissed us on the mouth? Uh, last time I heard a really classy guy make a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> let's, go to, uh, let's go to Ken in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Ken, what's on your mind? What's up, guys? Hey, what's hey, on your Ken. mind? Actually, I was uh, calling to talk about Ron Paul's poll numbers. Okay. And uh, it seems, you know, he's only about 2 to 3% in the um, Republican primary polls or whatever, but... Uh, 
to make an example out of that, I wanted to bring up the fact that we only had about one or two registered Republicans at our last meetup, but we had about 45 people there. So, you know, what that tells me, and I don't know if this is a common occurrence across the country, which I would assume it probably is, Mm -hmm. is that... um, it's you know the whole the total versus Republican people who are registered versus the non-voters, constitutionalists, libertarians, anti-war Democrats, independents, the non-voters. Uh, the vast majority of people that were there, which you know two minus or forty-five plus minus two is uh, that pretty much equals ten to fifteen times more support for Ron Paul outside the Republican Party. So yeah, there's a huge there's a huge phantom support base for him that and, the Republican pollsters are not ever going to pick up. And let's not forget that um, all the people out there uh, that like myself, I'm um, you know I was registered Republican in Florida. It's much easier to be uh, registered. Uh, you you can vote in either primary here in New Hampshire, so I register neither. Um, undeclared, undeclared, but. My phone is uh, unlisted. Why? I care about my privacy, as do probably a lot of people that uh, would vote, know, for vote, Paul. vote for Ron Paul. Vote for Ron Paul. So th- they've never called me. So, cell, uh, cell phones are something that a lot of young people have. And a lot of young people the, are going to support Ron Paul. Those numbers aren't listed. Um, so really, those polls that you're talking about are only a bunch of old Republican hardcore people. The people that would vote in a Republican primary, probably over the age of 50 probably really hardcore sort of whatever the Republican Party says I'll do types of people. And so inevitably that's why the, the statistics are coming out that way. So I think you're absolutely on to something and I think that there's going to be some shocking, uh, sh- some shock and surprise come primary day. I think that's a really good point to draw out of this. Uh, the program, you guys uh, put together a great show every night, but that's, a, that's an excellent point. I hadn't really thought about all the undeclareds who are supporting Ron Paul and you're not seeing them in the polls. And as Mark pointed out, the unlisted numbers, the people who want privacy, they will turn out, and they'll be drawing other people out, too, because they're very on fire about them. Right. Ken, any other thoughts? Actually, so, so the point I was trying to make was the fact that, so you got 2 or 3% who are Republicans, you know, supporting him. What about the 10 to 15, not percent, but 10 to 15 times that, who, like, through all the meetup groups across the country who are supporting him, mm-hmm. what does that mean, you know, for all of us who are, you know, we're, either libertarians, you know, through the whole nine yards or whatever, and then, uh, you know, uh, we're the ones who come out and support him, and, you know, you add that, you know, the 15 times that to the 2%, two percent, that's 30, you know, 10, you know, 20 to 30% who are going to support him in the primaries, so... Sure, and that's I mean, it, I, and even, and while your analysis there is correct, you're also ignoring those who aren't active. Um, you know, you, the ones that are going to go to a meetup group are the activists, they, you have to also understand that activists influence people. So each activist could be as good for, as I've heard estimates, as many as 30 votes. You know, whereas just a supporter is one vote, whereas an activist can draw more votes. There's people like me out here. I mean, I, I am an activist, but I'm not a Ron Paul activist, per se, in that I've never shown up at a Ron Paul meetup. Yeah, I talk about them on my radio show, but there are a lot of people out there that just aren't interested enough to where they're going to get active, but are interested enough to where they've heard about Ron Paul, like Ron Paul, and are going to vote for him. So there's also those numbers too exactly as far as fred thompson's concerned this man's one of the gop filling candidates you know and um i really don't want to even get started on him you know because you got to get you know conspiratorial and stuff like that but about the what's there to say? he's just another politician that just like the rest of them thanks for the call appreciate it ken 800-259-9231 only moments remain but just enough time for your call if you want to take control of the airwaves on your show this is free talk live one 800 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free. 800-259-9231. Even these remaining moments, just enough time for your call. 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us online. Freetalklive.com. All the features totally free, so enjoy those on us. Though, if you like the show and you want to help voluntarily support us, you can shop at our store. Just head over to store.freetalklive.com. Lots of neat merchandise, including the very hot-selling Freetalk Live 2-gigabyte multi-gadget. It is a 2-gigabyte MP3 player. It is also a flash drive, also a voice recorder, also an FM tuner, all rolled into one for less than 60 bucks. There's that. There's our brand new clothing items, two different styles of hoodies. We've got the two different uh, beanie caps. We've got a variety of t-shirts. It's all there and more. Get all the details and place your order at store.freetalklive.com. That is store.freetalklive.com. Just enough time to talk about a story from CNET. Declan McCullough and Ann Broach reporting here. Declan is uh, oh, very yeah. good at keeping up, uh, keeping up on the liberty-oriented sort of news in regards to technology. He was at the Freedom Forum. I've been, I've been he was. thinking about getting in touch with him. I'll have to make sure uh, I, I get that article. He's he a does, nice guy. He, he does really good work. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the U.S. Congress is poised to create a set of massive new government databases. We all know how well they've been, they've been going so far, right, with the no-fly list and the no-work, or excuse me, the uh, the no-business list. There's a list That's out right. there that says... That if your name appears on it, business owners are not supposed to do any business with you. Car dealers are checking this list, and if you if your name shows up on that list, you will not be sold a car because you are a potential terrorist. You've not been convicted as a terrorist or anything like that. You're just you've got the same name as a terrorist, so that's good enough to not sell you anything. These lists are out there right now and they're affecting people's lives. If you haven't been caught up yet, you've just been lucky. Anyway, here's the here's the uh, the, the news on the new database that uh, all employers must use to investigate the immigration status of current and future employees or face stiff penalties. The so-called Employment Eligibility Verification System, or the EEVS, would be established as part of a bill that senators began debating uh, last month, a procedure that's likely to continue through June and would represent the most extensive rewrite of immigration and visa laws in a generation. Now, even if this gets even if the immigration law gets shot down this will appear somewhere else they're going to keep putting this in until it passes absolutely because anyone who fails a database check would be out of a job the proposed database already has drawn comparisons with the no fly list and is being criticized by civil libertarians and business groups all employers in the United States, at least 7 million of them, according to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, would be required to verify identity documents provided by both existing employees and potential hires, the legislation says. So even uh, employees that already have a job aren't exempted from they this. All of a sudden, yeah, you've yeah. got to dig up your uh, birth certificate or whatever else they're going to require if you want to keep your job. You know, it's like we were, it's like we were talking about uh, yesterday up at, uh, up at uh, Porkfest. You know, when I was talking about the immigration bill, and there were a bunch of guys up there that said, well, you know, we, we, we have to be a sovereign nation. We have to have our borders. I was like, look, you know, for the traditional conservatives, if you're afraid that you've got the world conspiracy and they're going to try to tear down the borders and make us Americana Mexico or Mecca Mara Marijuana, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, just think about which – it shouldn't be – it's not a false choice, but are you in favor of making America a police state? Do you want to force people supposedly in free enterprise to no longer be in free enterprise? Somehow they've got to answer to all of your requests. Where does that stop? 
It apparently never stops, and they could make they could use the existing uh, slavery as their excuse. Well, you already have to do this and this and this, Gardner. You already have, as a business owner, you already have to withhold taxes from people. So what's another couple extra regulations? We're going to keep the country safe. Sure, why not hire another you know employer or two just to handle all the paperwork? This is amazing. Yeah, it is. I uh, mean, you already have to hire a, an accountant to do your taxes every year. I, I mean, how much would that save businesses in just paperwork if they didn't have to fill out IRS forms? Oh, billions. Uh, overall, the entire country, billions of dollars. The data, including Social Security numbers, would be provided to Homeland Security on penalty of perjury. And the government databases would provide... That's perjury for the business owner. Yeah. Uh, and the government databases would provide a work authorization confirmation within three business days. Need to hire someone quick? Too bad. There's no privacy requirement that the federal government delete the information after work authorization is given or denied. The employers would be required to keep all the documentation in paper or electronic form for seven years and, quote, make it available for inspection by officers of the Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Labor. So at any time, the bureaucrats will come into your establishment, can come into your establishment, and demand to see all your employers or your employees' paperwork. And, of course, because you have to keep all this information on file, it's just going to be one more easily accessible place for identity thieves to get access to people's personal information. Right. Because how many mom and pops are going to have encrypted files? Many people are just going to have a file folder that they're going to have in their office to where any employee that knows that this is the case, and every employee is going to know because they're all going to have to be approved, any employee that wants to steal some ID just goes into that file. Pulls out a couple of sheets, maybe uses the Xerox, puts it back, and he's got your social security number. Wait, what if they have a vendetta against you for some reason or another? What if, what if? There's all kinds of uh, fun what ifs that apply to this situation. This is an amazing article. Declan has done, I just called it up myself on my laptop, and this is amazing. And in the next paragraph, I, I know you're going to get to it. I've, I've got to make sure. I don't know if you're going to be posting this over at the website. Yeah, I'll we post this all of our prep. We post it on, that's your website, by the way, yeah. libertyconspiracy.com. I post everything for my uh, show oh, yeah. prep on the BBS awesome. under the issues. Well. It would also open up the IRS's database of confidential taxpayer information to Homeland Security and its contractors. Uh, even parents who hire nannies might be covered. The language in the bill, called the whatever it is, defines an employer as any person or entity hiring, recruiting, or referring an individual for employment in the United States and does not appear to explicitly exempt individuals or small businesses. Backers of the proposal, including the, what about uh, contractors? You have to if you are, if you're a private contractor, would you also have to show your uh, your identification? In which case, as a business owner, maybe businesses should not hire employees anymore and should just do private contracting. And, course, and, and what that if too. what if you're a subcontractor and you have employees under you? You're a contractor hiring a subcontractor. Do you have to get not only the information of the subcontractor but all the people under his employee? <laughs> Who knows. Uh, Anyway, let's see here. It defines an employer as any person or entity hiring, recruiting, or referring an individual for employment in the United States and does not appear to explicitly exempt individuals or small businesses. Backers of the proposal, including the Bush administration and many members of Congress, argue the changes to U.S. law are necessary to combat fraud and to ensure employees are truly eligible to work in the United States. 
wait a minute, why is it that uh, the U.S. federal government has to decide whether or not someone's eligible to work at my private business? That's, uh, once again, them abrogating private property rights and saying that all you little employers out there, we own you. And we'll tell you what you can do as far as your business policies are concerned. What's that? You want to just hire someone off the street? <laughs> We're talking about some serious penalties here, buddy. Right, and they'll, they can enact whatever penalties they feel like enacting, and if you don't do it, you're in big trouble. This is where the Republican Party and I parted ways, and it, what really ticks me off about this is these Republicans are supposedly pro-constitutionalists, and again, I'll bring it up, it t- sort of draws us away from the ethics of it, which I don't think there should be any restrictions or anything, but this is not supposed to be a federal issue. It's explicitly stated in the U.S. Constitution that the federal government can only handle immigration in the states that existed at the time. All the rest of the states should not have the federal government telling them how to handle their immigration policies. It's I really just, enjoyed uh, your presentation yesterday. For those that couldn't make it out, Gardner had a nice little half-hour presentation at Porkfest. Uh, the, the last day of Porkfest was pretty much the last thing on the entire agenda. Yeah. And uh, a number of people were there watching it, and there was a sort of table of sort of... Uh, they, they would have called themselves libertarians, right. and one of them spoke to me afterward. He, he labeled himself as a libertarian and then wanted to tell me that he was for the draft, and uh, we had an interesting conversation about that. Uh, but nonetheless, they, uh, you were up there presenting your position on, on immigration, and you, you outlined the fact that the state of Texas had its own Im- immigration bureaucracy, and you said, well, why would the state of Texas go through the the hassle of creating this new bureaucracy if it were constitutionally a requirement for the federal government. Yeah, because they, would it's never, not. They, they actually had it in the Texas Constitution. Why would they write it in their Constitution if they knew it was a federal purview? It's and you clear almost, that it's not. You could almost hear the anger of the uh, the guys on the other side. They they were the types that, you know, they, they get excited by the idea of guys with guns down by the border and, and catching people and uh, and intervening and, and, and protecting America's sovereign, uh, sovereignty and all these other well, what ideas. What if those guys with those guns um, come to your house and want to search your house because there might be immigrants hiding well, uh, there? That'd be okay you by a, them. Yeah, you're, you're hiring a nanny, you know? Uh, well, you know, well, I, I don't understand that. I mean, the, how can you possibly say you're for liberty and then support something like that? That's It's just out of the frame, as far as I can tell. Declan's article goes on, we don't have enough time to cover the rest of it, but it goes on to rightly point out that there have been tons of mistakes with the no-fly list, people getting misidentified as the the name that's on that list, thereby, thereby being prevented from flying. Inevitably, that's going to happen with the government's no-work list. If you're on that list and you don't qualify, you're not going to be able to get a job in America? That's fine. They'll just go onto the black market, and employers will hire them off the books. And there, there are going to be ways around it, plenty of workarounds. But nonetheless, the government is cracking down on business freedom. It's been Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. See you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.